This is exactly right. It's 1943 in the Kingdom of Bulgaria. As the Second World War rages, King Boris dies suddenly and every nation is a suspect. The Butterfly King premieres March the 21st on Exactly Right. It's a cruel tale of a doomed royal dynasty. Somewhere, the truth is out there. Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just a lot of very intense symbology only we understand that we'll be looking at all night while we worship our Lord. Um, yeah, guys, it's the second to last show of our fall tour. so fast. It went by really fast. But we're happy, excited to be here. Yes. You guys have great food. Oh my god. I appreciate that. And a great hotel room. That's the only thing I've seen so far. <laughs> god, it's gorgeous. I did a thing I haven't done in so long on tour, which fills me with joy, is that I ate something outside of the hotel room. It's always a good idea. And went to a vintage store, which are like the only two things I love. Which one? Give him a plug. Shit. Oh. Goodwill. Yeah, it could well. It could have been the goodwill. Actually, I just broke into someone's house and stole their clothes. <laughs> that That's was my what I sweater. That's God vintage damn shopping it. for me. I, I ate at Mary Max though. Ooh. Holy shit! That was amazing. Now, how did you get in? I guess, so I guess there's normally a long line, but we just breezed right in at like two. Yeah. No big deal. You're like, mm, I have a podcast. <laughs> so you're going to want to see this in the window, probably. Well, when I put my name down to, you know, get seated, and I then I, I just fucking love being here because I'm like, look, they're like, what's your name? And I'm like, Georgia. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you must own the state. Come on. Heiress to the Georgia fortune. Right. It's really 
great after like a lifetime of not having your name on any, you know, at any souvenir shops, at any your bike license plate, <laughs> right? Never like ever. There's a ghost fucking with that. Yeah. Hey. Jesus. Uh, then to see your goddamn name everywhere, <laughs> it's just like it's pretty great. I love it. Yeah. You should come here more often. I um. I uh, I had some names on bike plates, but all I've really ever wanted was my name in a song, and I just had that one super bummer James Taylor one, where it's about like Karen, look at her back, she's leaving again. What a bitch! Look at her back. Look at her fat back. What a bitch she's leaving. That's what she's like. Get used to it. You know that song, James Taylor. It's called Get Used to Karen. Don't. Rely on her. She won't pick you up. <laughs> it's Karen. Karen. <laughs> yeah, I guess I got lucky in that yeah. department. You lucked out. I did. You really did. Shit, I had something I wanted to tell you. Now I can't remember what it is. Can I tell you that when I ordered food today, I was like, all right, I'm going to get the fried chicken because I fucking love fried chicken. But then I was like, maybe I'll get some healthy sides. And I almost ordered healthy sides. And then I did it. And I was like, what are you doing? Healthy fucking sides. I know. Georgia as an entire state's like, we don't do those yeah. here. Yeah, then I realized you can get a side order of fried green tomatoes. Yes. Wow. Good amazing. stuff. Oh my god. Did you go right into the movie? You were like, oh my god. <laughs> fried green tomatoes. Kathy Bates, yeah. Kathy Bates. It's all around me. That's right. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, such, a, such a good anecdote it's right in the front of my brain I'll remember it later uh, tell them what you're wearing oh yeah that's what could it be that could it be my dress with pockets yeah look at me look at me in my pockets everybody Look at me in my pockets, Georgia. I love them. It's the pockets revolution. Can you hold my can you hold my things? Yes, I can hold every single one of your things. <laughs> Look how big my pockets are. Every easy and fun. I'm gone. Karen, she's a silver sun. You best walk away. She stole your microphone. Well, I'm wearing my shoes that I got married in, but... Thanks. Nice. They're falling apart. Not my marriage, though. No. Strong as ever. I am excited, though, because this dress, fine, whatever, but I've decided that the next tour, I'm not wearing black dresses anymore. I just can't fucking do it. Oh, my God. You heard it here first. Twitter, Instagram, let the social media world know. I just can't keep buying black dresses that I'll never wear in real life when I have a closet full of gorgeous vintage, like crazy couch, your grandma's couch <laughs> dresses. So is that what you're going to do? Are you going to walk us through your, your collection of gorgeous vintage, dress, vintage dresses? I could, and then I'll just start buying more, too. You should do a thing that not unlike the hometown murder where you wear a dress from the city that we're in that day. What if, girl, what if that's it? 
What if that's it? This becomes a shopping podcast. I yes. was so happy. But that's, it's going to be hard to get into because it's, it's a podcast about us shopping. We're not going to help you shop. There won't be any interactive parts. How about at the end of the show, I'll just unzip my dress and hand it to someone too. <laughs> First you have to go like this. Yeah. That would be actually kind of fun to do. Like, um, you have to get your outfit that day. That'd be great for, fun for me. Yeah, that'd be great fun. Well, I mean, I'm saying I would do it with oh, you. Oh, you would? Okay. But then, but then I would definitely be sarcastic when I did it. Where I'd like show up in a blockbuster video shirt and just be like, what? Check it out, motherfuckers. <laughs> Anti glam. Blockbuster video shirt is probably vintage too. Yeah. You gotta imagine. Yeah, they don't exist anymore. No. Those fucking right wing assholes. <laughs> they were. Them and Domino's. Get out. Uh, so that's the political part. Hey, this is my favorite murder. Oh, yeah. We're a two time This is your new governor, Karen Kilgarren. And this is shoe superstar, Georgia Hardstone. Uh, 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 Guys, we got tricked into drinking Folgers backstage, and it was pretty good. It was delicious. It was called some, like, it was like a bespoke name that they did, like how sometimes Coors will be like, no, it's really like the Coors from this other area of our plant that's, like, nice. (laughs) It's for hipsters. It's nice stuff. But this was, like, it was called, like, 1882. And I was like, I love that year. (laughs) Six years before Jack the Ripper. (laughs) stuff like that, really enjoying it, and Vince is like, this is fucking Folgers, and we're like, oh my god, oh my god, I love it, record a commercial, this is the best, um, should we sit down? Yeah, let's just sit down, this is a good chair, this is a gorgeous, well-worn chair, it is, it's like someone took grandpa's favorite scene, there's no, there's no padding, it's okay, I might fall through the bottom of this chair. <laughs> <I might. laughs> it's definitely got, it's definitely missing a part. <laughs> we both pull out gifts. Oh my god! <laughs> and then the chairs just collapse. <laughs> oh, those gifts were holding up the chair. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. Um, Steven's not here. Oh yeah. Guys, okay. let him know how let you feel. Let him know how mad you are at him. He's going to listen to this alone in his in an apartment. That's right. And he needs to know that you care that he's not here. <laughs> they really are falling apart. What, is it falling apart right now? Yeah, but I don't care. If Take him off and throw him in the audience. I think people will really be excited. <laughs> a no. lady with a fucking shoe heel impaled in her eye. You son of a bitch. I used to like this podcast. Don't I have to get them framed since I got married in them or something? Yes. Is that what people do with their you, wedding shoes? They frame them? Frame them in a glass cube uh-huh. and put them on your desk. Lighted and everything. Yeah. Halogen lamp above it. <laughs> Green. Bronze them. Yes. Bronze your own shoes. Yes. Like a huge sexy baby. <laughs> my fucking mom recently gave me my baby bronze shoes and I'm like, weren't these for you to keep? Why the fuck do I to have these in my house. I already wore those. I don't want them yeah. back. 
Like, every narcissist has their own bronze baby shoes in the fucking house. Too. That's why you kept dragging your finger along the uh, counter where you put the bronze baby shoes every time I come over. Yeah. Just like, anyway, anything new in your life? Because there sure are two new bronze things in my life. Look how tiny I once was. You're so, such a petite, skinny baby. Look how little I was. Oh, hardly any fat. I, like, they couldn't find shoes to fit me. Because oh. my feet were so skinny. It was so sad. I had to go into fetal sizes because I was such a tiny baby. New business venture. Steven, trademark that. <laughs> Idea. We're going to make a zillion dollars in Los Angeles. It's oh, yeah. like, oh, you wear kid sizes? <laughs> you can't fit into fetal? Okay. <laughs> okay. Good luck with that. Okay. I, I have a great spinning instructor if you want her name. <laughs> Oh my God, she is next level. You will love it. I told, I had a friend that wouldn't stop asking if I would go to a spinning class with her. Is it me? No. <laughs> it's happened more than once. Um, it's my friend Stephanie. And finally I said, I'm going to go to the spinning class with you and I'm going to die during it just to fuck you over. I'm going to have a massive coronary. I think that's a great idea. Four french fries are going to pop out of my mouth, and you're going to have to clean up the body. Stupid motherfucker. Leave me alone. I don't want to ride a still bike. That's the saddest thing of all time. You're going to ride it. Go the fuck outside. Sorry. I don't agree with that statement, Here but I agree with you feeling that way about it. Point counterpoint on spinning. Georgia, go for the pro side. I mean, it's just sitting there spinning on a bite. I agree with you. I just, are you going to drink water the whole time? Yeah, I'm going to angrily drink water. <laughs> Roll my eyes so hard, but drink water. <laughs> oh, you look so hydrated and angry. <laughs> you think um, I'd want to spin it off, but I don't. <laughs> I want to retain, retain, retain. Because you can tell that's the new thing that's coming. We've already gone through the fucking 90s Ally McBeal emaciation bullshit. Big butts are now in. Big boobs are coming in. Kind of classic. I mean, big boobs have always been. Big boobs is hard to shove those guys out of style. Thank God. But now I really feel like water retention in the midsection is going to come in. Just waiting. I'm into it. I am here for it, as the cool kids say. Here for I'm it. eating Pringles for it. <laughs> it is, this is the one thing, and we've talked about this on tour before, but my problem, my addiction is in almost every hotel room we stay in, they offer, when you walk in the door, just, it's there waiting, a little half can of Pringles. Mm-hmm. And a perfect little can, just right for you. It's like, it's just enough. Yeah. You don't have to like, you know, it's not a full can and you're like, I know I'm going to eat this whole thing and be bummed. It's like, just no. this much. It's just, it's almost a third of a stack of a pipe of Pringles yeah. is what the technical term is. <laughs> Pringles piping. And when I eat them, I call Georgia on the hotel phone and say, I'm about to lay some pipe. <laughs> I do. God, I wish that were true. <laughs> and she says, don't call me at this number. It's, um, we have Ma'am, so much fun. This is the front desk. <laughs> Your friend Georgia that's, said that's not to give story you. story I was going to tell you. What? Oh, no. What did you do? <laughs> so... 
good, actually. Sorry. I'm just so thrilled I remembered. Um, I'm still here. Uh, last night, we got in super late, but they had a 24-hour menu, so I was like, well, I'm just going to get something tasteful and feminine. <laughs> a pizza. Um, so I call down, it rings 100 times. Yes. And then finally, the most harried room service worker answers the phone. He's like, yes, room 1501. Okay, what can I help you with? We have, we spoke to that person, too. He was... Very mad at us. Out of his mind. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, I am... I understand it's busy, or, you know, it's like, it's fucking... It's like 11.37 at night. How many fucking people are ordering pizza? On a Thursday. What's happening in this hotel? And he... It was almost like, he goes... I go, can I just get a pizza and a Diet Coke? And he goes... And a diet coke, and he goes, "Um, it's gonna take an hour and a half." <laughs> Almost like he was complaining on my behalf. Yeah. Like he was, he was upset about it more, and he was the only person that could change that time or make that a different experience. Yeah. But he was letting me know that that sucked. <laughs> and then, at, so I go, "Well, like, there's nothing I I can do." I didn't, yeah. I didn't say this out loud. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I'm like. Well, sir, I simply don't know what to do. I, I didn't eat dinner. We just flew in. Uh, so I'm like, okay, well, I just ha have to get it anyway, <laughs> is what I said. And then as I'm saying that sentence, he goes, no, no, I'm sorry. Chef is looking at me and telling me no pizza, no pizza. We're out of pizza. Wow. And I go, okay. And I'm about to say, like, I'll pick something else. And he goes, no, no. He, the chef just told me there's absolutely no pizza. And I go, I get it. <laughs> and I just hung out. Oh. And ate Pringles. And, and I ate. I, wait, you know what I did? I looked at that second stack of Pringles. I said, hello, friend. Oh. Hello, Mr. Mustache friend. Your name is Jenner tonight. And, <laughs> and then I just drank a container of salt. <laughs> Right to sleep. But it's the new trend. It is. Um, I'm going to be so hot for winter. <laughs> Georgia, is there anything scarier than trying to log into an account and it tells you that your password is incorrect? And then you try again and it's the same thing. And after a few more failed attempts, big red letters appear saying you've been locked out and your account is suspended. That happens to me all the time, Karen. But scary password stories can have happy endings if you give 1Password a try. 1Password is a user-friendly password management system. It's trusted by consumers, families, small businesses, and large-scale enterprises. If you're tired of being the family member everyone texts for a streaming login or the unofficial keeper of all those shared work credentials, it's time for you to pass the torch to 1Password. They allow for secure login sharing. With 1Password, you can securely store more than just passwords, autofill everything from usernames to payment details and personal info. They'll also notify you about potential data breaches. 1Password saves everyone time. And in many cases, that save time equals money saved. The accounting department will thank you. Don't just listen to us. I mean, you should, but don't just do that. The Associated Press uses 1Password to secure their sensitive information in high-risk areas. Right now, our listeners can get a two-week free trial at onepassword.com slash MFM. That's two free weeks at one, as in the number one, password.com slash MFM. 1password.com slash MFM. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do I go first or do you go first? I believe it's you. Friends, family, others. Here we go. These live shows are so much fun to begin with, but it's also fun because you find these fucking stories that you're like, how have I never, I never would have heard about that. Okay. There's a ghost behind you. Should I check? I'm not afraid. It's really scary. Oh, hey. What's up? Oh. And we never saw her again. What if Karen went missing? Oh, there she is. She died of, it was a bride. She died a violent death here at this theater. Or maybe it's you in a different time. It's fifth dimensional me. What it, do you like Pringles? In this timeline? Do you like Pringles? Yes. Great. It's you. I'm sorry, I'm so bad at improv. <laughs> it was a yes or no and you got it right. I panicked. I panicked. Two choices are so many choices when you're panicking. <laughs> okay, so this is the fucking bananas story of the kidnapping of Barbara Mackle. Oh. You didn't even know about it. I'm going to tell you. Some do. One person does. Yeah. All right. In 1968, here, Barbara Mackle is this lovely 20-year-old girl. She's enjoying her senior year at Emory University in Atlanta. Emory. The the fighting. The fighting Jaybirds. That's right. The Jaybirds. Go Emory Jaybirds. Oh, they fight. They'll peck your eyes out (laughs) in football. The fighting Jaybirds. Jaybirds. Squawk, squawk. Yeah. That's right. It just all goes squawk. Louder and louder. It turns like a crescendo. Until the other team leaves because they're embarrassed. Like, this is too nerdy for us. Sorry. Jaybirds aren't even that scary. Why are they squawking at us? So it's almost... Let me show you a photo of her. Uh... What happened? Uh-oh. <laughs> just, a, just a light drip. <laughs> Mostly for the front row. Okay. I don't know where to point this thing. It's not. It could be there, but it's not. It's usually... Steven! There we there go. There she is. Dude? Huh? I think I did this one on A Crime to Remember. Oh, shut up! Yeah, I swear to... I think if this is the one I remember. Okay, don't talk about If it. this is the crime I remember... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh. it's a crime to not remember. Oh. Pretty little thing. Look at her. Look at her little button nose, etc., etc. There's a Christmas thing. Okay, so so she's not a Jew. <laughs> you have to use context clues and put the mystery together yourself. It's important. Pay attention. Um, okay, it's almost Christmas break at Emory University or everywhere probably. <laughs> All around the world, the it's Christmas break. Context clues, you yes. know. Yeah. And it seems that everyone in fuck at school is getting this crazy ass thing called the Hong Kong flu, which is a like bananas epidemic virusy thing that had killed over a million people. Everyone's getting fucking sick of shit, right? And even though um, that totally sounds like something I would make up to call in to be late to work. <laughs> So even though Barbara is a, a real estate heiress, 
she gets, she's not immune to this virus. <laughs> can you believe it? You can have all the money in the world, you're still gonna get sick. That's right. That's right. So, shut up, Richies. <laughs> shut up, Richie Rich. Um, so she comes down with the Hong Kong flu, but she doesn't want to go home. She has her finals to take still, so even though she's sick, um, she is rich enough that her mother drove from their family home in Florida to take care of her so she could go to... Uh, things. To class? Yes. So she's rich in love. Yes. Citrus Grove is where she's from, which is richy rich places in Florida. So. I can't, um, my mother, if I was sick and had to go to class, she'd be like, good luck. (laughs) I hope you do well. (laughs) My mom's got that, like, the slight Munchausen by proxy thing where she's like the best mom when you're sick. (laughs) Like, it's lovely. If I ever, if I'm ever sick and need her, she's fucking there for me. Not like as a dick. Like, that was terrible of me to say. She's just there because she loves me. Well, Not because she has a fucking disorder. I don't know. I think Damn you're it. right to be suspicious about her love. I think you're right to doubt love. It's very tricky. Oh, I am so fucked up. Okay. Okay. So... She comes to, uh, to Georgia to take care of her uh, sick daughter for Christmas break. They're staying a few miles from campus at the Roadway Inn in Decatur, Georgia. So gorgeous on the Roadway Inn. Mm. That's where we're staying, too. We love it. We love it. <laughs> Amazing we'll room service. Roadway inns. <laughs> well, only Roadway Inns uh-huh. on this whole tour. Um, we pull right up into so, our room. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we sleep in the car. <laughs> at around 4 a.m. on December 17th, 1968, still there, there's a knock at the door of their room, and a man is dressed as a fucking cop, and he says he's a fucking cop, and he <laughs> tells Barbara that her boyfriend, Stuart, had been in a car accident and to open the door and let him in. Mm. Which you would do. You would do in 1968. These days, we know, if you're a cop, alerting me about a car accident that already happened, you don't need to be in my fucking hotel room to tell me about it. <laughs> Whisper it through the fucking window. Call me on the phone. Why you need to be in here near me? Yeah, let me see your badge. Let me see your badge is the fourth question to ask. <laughs> uh, so, so Barbara opens the door to the cop, and the and and she's immediately hit with the fucking truth, which is the man, not shockingly, is not a cop. If he was, the story would be over. And, uh, but still interesting. His name, the guy's name is the not cop's name is Derry Christ. He's a 23 year old from Miami who was uh, uh, a research assistant at SeaWorld. Hold on. Real quick. Yeah. We'll get into him more. Well, I mean, like, I'm just saying he would go on Wikipedia and look up stuff about orcas. No, and then just be like, 68. Guess what? No. <laughs> so he'd be on that microfish every weekend. The microfish? At the microfish about <laughs> fish? <laughs> microfish? Ah! It's in there somewhere, but it is. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. It's right there. It's right there. It's right there. Um, and he isn't a cop. He had actually been stalking Barbara for months, planning her kidnapping. Mm. Ooh, okay. 
So let's go back. In the, in the fall, way before all this started, of 1968, this guy Gary had gone to the Miami Public Library to look at names on a social register. He was looking for, he gave a fake name and said he was researching wealthy Floridians to learn about their work habits and personalities for a psycholog psychology dissertation. <laughs> That's not true. No, it is not. It's a terribly concocted lie about the rich. That's right. But back then they were like, great, we'll give you their social security numbers and you can have everything, anything you want about them. Home address, P.O. box, right. parents' names. Exactly. He was actually planning, in reality, Gary's planning one of the most elaborate kidnapping plots in FBI history. Shit. Um, this, so this dude, Gary, had escaped. He was like a, he was like a convict that had got, he had escaped from prison and on the run, but he was a really smart dude, so he like got a fake name and, and was working uh, at a college as a research person. Um, or SeaWorld. It depends on what Wikipedia you ask. <laughs> depends on what paragraph you're looking at. That's when he found, when he was doing all this research, what he was really looking for was to get that victim. He found this guy, Robert Mackle, who was a wealthy real estate developer with ties to President Nixon. Um, mm -hmm. And what Chris was looking for was a, was a daughter who was a rich, tough-minded female. That's what he was specifically looking for because he wanted to find someone who could stand up to the trauma of being kidnapped and his crazy kidnapping plan. Oh, sorry, so... <laughs> yeah. So he was kind of casting his victim. He was. And he didn't want to feel bad when it was over, yeah. so he was like, I need a sturdy lady yeah, yeah. that can handle being pulled out of her roadway motor lodge yes. at 3 a.m. He's like, I need someone who is, he doesn't want to, he wouldn't do it a child. He has, I guess, scruples? I don't know. <laughs> he, wouldn't, um, he wouldn't do a whale because he loves fish. <laughs> And mammals. He wanted, you know, he tried to find this, he like, was he at casting a fucking kidnapping victim? Someone who could, like, deal with the ordeal of being kidnapped. Well, I mean, that's partially considerate. Yeah, Gary. I guess. Thanks. Half thanks, Gary. I'm sure when Barbara found out, she was like, thank you? <laughs> I guess. I guess it's a compliment. I guess. Um, and he found Barbara Mackle. She was the 20-year-old daughter, and he thought she was the perfect victim. Uh, so, let's see. The, Ma the Mackle family, they were, uh, they were this crazy land developer people in Florida. They changed landscape and demographics of Florida with their company, General Development Corp., largest land development company in Florida, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Um, <laughs> I care! Oh, okay. They turned thousands of square miles of swampland and thick woodland into residential communities for the middle class. Oh, thank God thank the you middle so class much. has somewhere to live. Paint right over it and it. put in a parking lot. <laughs> Um, and they also developed Marco Island and Port St. Lucie. Good shit. You have these guys to thank for your yeah. place. How about you write the Mackles a letter for once? <laughs> Maybe this Christmas break. <laughs> write them a nice note. Okay, so back to the roadway in at right. 4 a.m. when Barbara opened the door. So Gary Kristen, his accomplice, who is a 26-year-old female named Ruth Eisman Shear, she's disguised as a man. They break the fuck in. They rush inside, um, and they chloroform Mackle. Barbara's mom and tie her up and then they force Barbara at gunpoint in the back of their waiting car. Can I just tell a quick story that I don't know is a fact about that woman, <laughs> the accomplice? Yeah. Is this the story you did for... Uh, yeah, but no, it's not the truth. Um, oh. 
this is just what I made up in my mind when I heard this oh, part of the story. Absolutely. Because what do you think this I, podcast is? She, it's all bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Mostly bullshit. Um, they worked together at SeaWorld? Or, did, or they met in college? So he escapes prison, right? And she meets him in, at, in college. I think he's like working for one of the teachers. He's super smart. And she's like, this guy's hot. I might have a photo of him, but I'm scared it's going to... What photo did I put up? Roll those dice. There he is. <laughs> well, hello. Yeah. He's like a Jason Manzukis kind of. If Jason Manzukis was trying to hypnotize you from across a party. <laughs> yeah. After he got a nice haircut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. If that guy was like, hey, do you want to go down to the like coffee machine with me? I'd be like, sir, no, absolutely not. <laughs> go back into your office. He looks crazy. But she, this girl met him and then found out about his escaping prison. And I guess that dick must have been great because she was like, <laughs> let's do it. She's like, you know what? It adds. It doesn't take away. It adds. <laughs> So she was like, not only am I okay with this, I am going to help you. I'll accomplish the shit out of you. I just imagine that her glasses are so thick that her eyes are five times bigger than they actually are in real life. I think we have a photo of her. Oh, please. Okay. Aww. Look at her. She's like, yeah, that face. Yeah. She's like, Let's still waters, bitches. We don't all have to be blondes. <laughs> that dick. I got that breakout right. dick. Or what? I'm out of my mind. It fucking is. Because she was looking at her eyes. All right. She keeps her hair short because she doesn't have time. She's getting so much dick. You know what I mean? You gotta go. Three brushes and you're out. You pay us to me to talk shit to you. Truly, in all my life, <laughs> a true dream come true. Oh, I could never have imagined. I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> Do it. Hey, how about in the television made-for-TV movie from 1990 uh, called 83 Hours Till Dawn? That'll make sense more later. <laughs> That's Spoiler. an exciting title. Uh, Gary De- Dead Eyes Gary Christ is played by Peter Strauss. Peter Strauss. From, from, of course. How do you not know? I, I didn't even know who he's from because I figured you'd always know this shit. I mean, all I can think of is um, the guy from Airplane that goes... Did you see a grown man naked? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that one? He knows. Sorry. Go ahead. He's from Six Feet Under? Oh! <laughs> mm. Can someone look it up on a computer, please? See it? A desktop, Everyone not a phone. pull out your laptops. A desktop? A desktop only. Yeah. <laughs> only a desktop. Uh, Peter, is that Peter Strauss? Strosa. Oh, it's his father. <laughs> Jerry. Uh, and Barbara is played by Samantha Mathis. Oh, yes. She's, she's from, usually a blonde. And she's from... Little... And she's from Arkansas. <laughs> I don't know. Samantha Mathis was in a bunch of 90s movies. She was like a teen... Super Mario Super Brothers. Super Mario Brothers? Fuck off. She was. <laughs> what did you say? Our food critic right here. I mean, food critic, movie critic, TV critic. 
believe you. I don't think any of this is real. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who cares? Okay. So, uh, so anyways, they, they chloroform uh, the mom, they kidnap Barbara in the car, and they drive her about 20 miles away to a remote Pines Air Grove in Gwinnett County near Duluth. Such a powerful county <laughs> where all the pines are filled with pines. And then they, uh, okay, this gets, uh, okay, ready for the bananas parts of this? <laughs> they, they get her, ready. They get, they get to a spot, they tell her to climb into a trench that they had dug for her. And I would be like, no, I will not do that. <laughs> Shoot me in the face, asshole. Yeah. That's what I'd say. And you might as well. No, don't, don't do that. Oh, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. We've decided to, for you to not do that. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Don't, let's not, let's don't forget this poor fucking girl has the goddamn Hong Kong fucking Oh, that's mom. right. So bad that her mommy is taking care of her and she's 20. Like, that's hardcore. So she's just like, are you fucking kidding me? I can't even eat a saltine. And you're getting me into a fucking... She's like, can I bring a hot water bottle down there with me? Because I'm already very uncomfortable. Right. And rich. So at the bottom of this trench is a strategically engineered fiberglass box that they had made. It had a pump and two plastic pipes that gave uh, Barbara air from the outside. And they had left food, water that was laced with sedatives, and a battery-powered lamp for, to keep her company. And then they buried her fucking alive in the uh, yeah. Spoiler alert, she survives. That's why the, that's why the movie's called 83 Hours. I don't want you guys to get scared. That's why the movie's called 83 Hours Till Dawn. It's because she fucking hung out down there for 83 80, hours. Three hours is like almost two days. <laughs> What's that in so long? What's that in 2018 years? In 2018 years? Yeah. That's 15 years. That's right. That's Yeah. The only cool thing about first of all, I'm pic- picturing those two lunatics making their own fiberglass box. I think that that I don't I okay, well yeah, we talked more about that. Right? Right. Yeah, we'll talk more about that. But then also cool of them to put sedatives in the food because yeah. that's night, if you're night. buried alive. Night night. Come on. Just I want to go night night. Please. Yeah. How or just a how about a ball peen hammer I can hit in my own head. <laughs> just yeah, it's fucking crazy. That's why, because remember when he was like, I want to find someone who's not going to go crazy when I kidnap them? This is why. Because he was like, I need someone who's going to fucking not lose their goddamn mind. Gary, if you're going to do something where you have to pick uh-huh. an incredibly strong individual because you're going to bury them alive, uh-huh. you sidestep that part uh-huh. and then go straight to what you're doing. <laughs> Uh-huh. And give that more of a think. Yeah, never in there is there a, what the fuck am I doing? I mean, never. Is it the strength of the woman that needs to be worried about? Or <laughs> my mind? Okay. So then Gary takes a photograph of Barbara lying down in the trench while she holds up a handwritten sign that says kidnapped to be used for the ransom note. Y'all want to see it? Yes. Okay. I have to warn you, it kind of looks like she's smiling, but she's actually fucking, they had already sedated the shit out of her, so she's not smiling. But are you ready for a, your nightmare? So just, she, she can't control her lip muscles anymore, yeah. and they're just falling back. They're like, you guys, this is, how have I not heard of this? Uh, am I wrong to say that looks like me a little bit? Oh! <laughs> I see it. 
keep them. The sedatives coming. More pills. How scary. It's too close also. <laughs> it's terrifying. Okay, so then what happens is they uh, shovel two feet of mud on top of the box and uh, she would remain there for three days, a.k.a. 83 hours. I said 83 hours. 83 hours. Um, In her book that she later writes about it, called 83 Hours Till Dawn, uh, Barbara calls the experience, she said, quote, I screamed and screamed. The sound of the dirt got farther and farther away. Finally, I couldn't hear anything above. I screamed for a long time after that. No. No. So Gary and uh, and Ruthie. I wish she had done yoga or something. <laughs> she probably Some, did after. Yeah, I bet after she was great at it. Yeah. So Gary and Ruth are kidnappers. <laughs> they contact Robert, Barbara's dad, and demand a ransom of five hundred thousand dollars. And I do have the equivalent of today. It's three point five million. Oh shit. That's a lot of money. Uh, in exchange for Barbara's safe return and Robert, uh, Robert Mackles played by Robert. Did I already say that? Robert Oldrich? No. That's who he's played by. We don't know who anyone is anymore, so it's okay. Is that Skeet Oldrich's dad? Yes. Okay. <laughs> in the note, uh, the kidnappers specify that the ransom is to be put in a suitcase and that Robert had to make a drop in the woods alone. And because of uh, Robert's connections with the president, the FBI director, J. Edgar Hoover, dispatches the man who investigated both Kennedy assassinations to oversee the case. Yeah, but so he, like, he didn't solve the first one, so <laughs> how the <laughs> fuck are you going to... Finish your other fucking job. Five shooters on the hill. That's right. And maybe the second one, according to some people. What if Hoover calls that guy? And he's like, I'm going to send down the guy that investigated. And they're like, oh, thanks. Do not. Okay. Appreciate it. Well, Barbara's never going to be found. Um, okay, so Robert is fucking determined to get his daughter back, of course. Uh, he gets all the money together, puts it inside a suitcase, and, um, and he, he goes to bring it to a bridge that's near my, he goes to bring it to the draw point. Great. But it doesn't go smoothly because Robert gets fucking lost looking for the drop off point. Oh, dad. Dad's losing his shit. He can't no, 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 lo- I don't need the map. It's, I know, it's around here somewhere. Right. Oh, this looks familiar. It's fine. I got it. And meanwhile, Gary's like hunkered down with binoculars. Like, where the fuck are they? This is crazy. It's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. This is the the moment. Um, And uh, finally, he finds he finds the drop off spot. And unfortunately, the FBI, who's like waiting for this shit to happen, didn't tell the local cops what was going on. So the drop spot is right next to where the local cops like to hang out and have like their lunch in their car. So there's two fucking cops sitting in a car right by the drop point, and uh, I Gary, said no cops. Right. I didn't invite them. And they're like, we don't know what's going on. Everybody oh, loves this bridge. That's right. <laughs> Gary grabs the money and he's coming down the fucking. He's he uh, he is hanging out with a suitcase full of money, a rifle, and scuba gear when he happens upon these two fucking cops. <sighs> And that look on his face, yeah. so he's like, what? Right. Nothing. That's I love scuba. I love water. Fucking capers. <laughs> uh, he fucking starts to run. They, the cops open fire. He gets away. Um, and he had to fucking jump over a fence, and, and he injures his groin pretty bad. Aww. So rude. Yeah, no, it's great. 83 
hours to sunset or whatever that yeah. it, it was a comedy it was like a it was a farcical physical comedy not for Barbara who's okay. still fucking in that goddamn box <sighs> that poor baby and then she goes oh a lamp click <laughs> god this food is good it's just relaxing okay Da, 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 da. So then the FBI probably kicks the cops in the dicks and is like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> but after that, they find Gary's abandoned car. And inside the car, they find photographs of Gary and Ruth. Some of them are naked photos. Ooh, just around the car? They're like, Polaroids are in the car. Gary. Gary. They take Polaroids and then just throw them over their shoulder. Yeah. They're just like, this is Apparently there's one photo where he's got the cop hat that he used to get into the house and it's over his D. <laughs> Maybe. That might not be true. Who wants some Miranda rights? <laughs> oh, did you make it up? I didn't make that up, but I saw that somewhere. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. And then they find that the car is registered it to a person in the name of George Deacon. So uh, the second ransom drop is successful. And so Gary had to leave that money behind when he ran from the cops, but he does get this, um, this money. And the FBI, at that point, traces this guy, George Deacon, to the University of Miami, where they realized that he had built ventilated boxes for a living. Oh. Maybe for Star, Star Wars? No. SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> same diff, same diff. So maybe that's what it was. All the same characters. I think that he must have made, uh, what are they called? Aquariums. Sure. It's our new theme of our podcast. Right. And so he, that's how he made the box to put her in. Right. So he made those for a living. He was like, picture if we had a dolphin. But, but was she a was a lady. <laughs> She didn't need water. And then, so George Deacon, uh, turns out, is our friend Gary. So it's one and the same. Oh, Sorry, I forgot to tell you that. So that's just, that's no, what I find out. Deacon's boss at the this coffin building <laughs> company uh, is like, oh, and he hangs out with this chick, Ruth, who has just like these eyes that isn't, you know. Look at him make that box. <laughs> yeah. um, so then the FBI contacts... Uh, Oh, that, okay. Then the FBI is contacted by a local man in Georgia claiming it just bought a small trailer from a man and found some weird paperwork inside. <laughs> they discovered... Was it sex paperwork? It wasn't. <laughs> That's when they realized that George and Gary are the same person and that uh, George is an escapee from California prison since 1966. Blah, blah, blah. They realized it's the same guy. That was okay. Then, on December 20th, Gary calls uh, and gave a switchboard operator, calls the, you know... Zero. I don't know. <laughs> it's a thing you could do back then. Yeah. But it's more like... It's a round thing, yeah. It took four minutes. He uh, gives the FBI vague directions to where Barbara is buried. He... And then over 100 FBI agents then spread out in the area, and they eventually, they're yelling her name, and they can fucking hear knocking. Oh. And that's how they find her. In a forest? Uh-huh. Well, like, nighttime? No, night, night, no, but it, oh. let's go pretend it is. Yeah. So after being underground for 83 fucking hours, Barbara's burial site was located by searchers. They dug up the box, and Barbara emerged slightly dehydrated, but otherwise unharmed. Because she's strong. Probably needing a nap. What a nightmare. I bet you whatever FBI agent lifted her up out of that fucking fiberglass box, she's like, marry me right now. <laughs> yeah. I propose to you whatever your name or yeah. face is. That's right. 
Um, so Gary's captured and uh, ironically captured at, at a place in Florida called Port Charlotte, which is ironically a mackle development. <laughs> she gets caught oh. on one of their like islands. Um, <laughs> his accomplice, Ruth. He scuba out to the island yeah. and then got caught there. Ruth is the, well, the first woman to be named to FBI's 10 most wanted list. So good, Shit. Good for her. She's eventually... <laughs> She's eventually caught in Texas. She's sentenced to seven years in prison. Before being paroled, she's deported back to her native uh, Honduras. She's now a grandma and has a Facebook account. And I think you can find it. For real. She's like, oh, the 60s. Anyway. And then also the the 60s, right? (laughs) Grandma, tell us a story about when you were younger. What's America like? She's like, why don't we focus on the now? Two months after his capture, Gary's tried in Georgia, where he faces the death penalty, but the jurors acknowledge that he uh, tried to keep his victims alive and fulfilled his promise to reveal where she was buried. So they were like, you clown. <laughs> it's okay. So he got life, but he only served 10 years. Oh. Shit. Uh, and he's released on parole. He wrote a book himself called The Man Life, The Man Who Kidnapped Barbara Jane Mackle. And then it's like, it was me. It just says, it was me. I did it. And then that's pictures on the cover. He's like, it's me. (laughs) Me and my beard. We got this idea. But he also wrote a a letter to Barbara apologizing, apparently, which is like, um, you can apologize by getting in a pit for three fucking days. Uh, after the, okay, so after his release, he's allowed to attend medical school in Granada, and <laughs> he earns a medical degree. In 2001, he's approved by the Indiana Medical Licensing Board, and it turns out he's Doctor Death. <laughs> it all comes together, full podcast circle. That's right. Uh, he worked as a physician in Indiana until 2003 in three because of some disciplinary action he received. Because not because he's a fucking kidnapper. Uh, he just ha- he kept sticking his whole arm in the aquarium, and they're just like, <laughs> Doctor Heist, we can't have you. Doctor Heist, <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> I don't know, but it's Doctor Heist. You're Doctor Heist. You are your crime. Your name is your crime. Yeah. He gets arrested again in 2006 for some cocaine shit, and he goes to prison again, goes back and forth to prison. He's a lover um, of life. The only thing that I can tell you now is he lives in rural Georgia today. You guys. And here he is tonight, Dr. Heist. Get out here, you son of a bitch. We put him in a box for the rest of the show. Oh my god. Shit. But... As for Barbara Mackle, uh, remember the guy where he knocked on the door and was like, your boyfriend's been in an accident. Yes. She ends up marrying that dude, Stuart Woodward. And how did he fare in that accident? <laughs> Karen, there was no accident. There was no accident. <laughs> she, Barbara wrote the, the book in 1971 with the late Miami Herald reporter and Pulitzer Prize winner, Jean uh, Miller, 83 Hours Till Dawn, which was made into a TV movie, blah, blah, blah. Barbara and Stuart had two children and they were married for 43 three years until Woodward's death in 2013. Wow. Not Barbara. Barbara's still alive. Barbara. Barbara. Fucking badass Barbara has never spoken publicly about her ordeal since the publication of her book. She, um, when she was asked, uh, let's see, I think we have a photo. 
Oh, that's the ditch. Oh, I know. And then uh, here's her. She said, when asked, uh, when asked how she endured the heroin experience, she claimed she knew she wouldn't die in the box, and she imagined spending Christmas with her family, and that's how she survived, how she survived it. Oh. And that's the fucking insane kidnapping of Barbara Mackle. Amazing. it ended so nicely and she spent Christmas with her parents the only creepy thing is she doesn't have a brother <laughs> look at his face he just followed her for the rest of her life after that holding a hours. Christmas thing above her head and she's like why are you the thing that's haunting me I don't know if that's her brother or her boyfriend or what but if it's like, the boyfriend that's bad news because yeah. he's holding because he's holding mistletoe over her dad's head <laughs> like, Barbara, we don't know why you're dating this basketball player, but we think he likes your dad. Oh my god. Bananas. Amazing. That was great. Thank you. It's so funny because I did that story on that show, but I don't remember anything. Um, all right, so I also wanted to do something a little different, and I had never heard of this. Um, it's true crime. It isn't murder. It's the story of the Barbie bandits. Oh, oh, you don't know the story of the 2007 Barbie bandits, Heather Johnston and Ashley Miller? I don't. Okay. Well, you're about to. You know what scared me just now? This, there's something on this document that is, that is, uh-oh. Oh, no. Is it the wrong document? We'll see. <laughs> um, most of the information I got uh, from this was from a terrible fucking ID show called Pretty Bad Women. Oh. Because they're pretty and they're bad. Oh, ID. You can do better than that. Uh, which reminds me of every comedy show in Los Angeles in the 90s when I first moved there. It was all pretty funny women. I actually got booked on a show at the comedy store called Pretty Funny Women. And when I showed up, the woman who booked it, it was her show, she goes, this is so great because you're pretty and funny. <laughs> and I was just like, I have to go. I couldn't find a parking spot. So I'm going to bail on this show and all of comedy. All right. <laughs> So, let's see. We'll start uh, with Heather Johnston. Okay. So, she was actually the focus of an episode of Primetime, which you can watch on YouTube. That's pretty hilarious. Um, it, throughout this story, um, the parents and the teachers and different people, they constantly talk about that these two girls fell in with a bad crowd. Mm -hmm. um, I'm here to tell you, these two girls are a bad crowd. <laughs> they are the death finish. Own it. Go for it. Um, and they really do. So Heather Johnston is a suburban teenager. She's got everything going for her. She's a good student. She's a promising tennis player. She dreams of someday being a swimsuit model. Dare to dream, Heather. <laughs> so do all of us. I mean, wouldn't it be the best if you could just stand around in a swimsuit no matter the weather with a bunch of strangers taking your picture? Critiquing you and <laughs> telling you you're fat, even though you've been starving for 17 years. <laughs> 
But in her junior year of high school, um, she begins to rebel. Uh, she starts dating a guy her parents don't approve of. Um, they say you have to stop dating him. She says, fuck you, or something like that. No one in the history of you have to stop dating him has ever stopped dating him. No. It's the best when your parents are like, we don't like him. You're like, yes, yes. I'm going to date that shit out of It's all I'm looking for in a man is yeah. someone my parents hate. <laughs> Yeah, parents, I think they now, parents these days have learned that lesson where yeah. they're like, oh, we're not going to tell you we hate him and you can't stop seeing him. Mm-hmm. We're going to just get up into your life. Yeah. No, You're, we love his face tattoo. It's yes. great. Make sure he comes to every dinner we have. Yeah. Okay, so she moves out of the house because her parents are like, you have to stop dating him. She's like, again, drives away. And of course, drives back three months later. Like, he's the worst. Mm -hmm. And they're like, come back and play tennis with us. Um, She goes to her senior year of high school. She gets a, a, a... college scholarship she it seems like everything is on course and then her mom in this primetime special says uh, we went to the college orientation but she seemed distracted and that's when I knew something was wrong um, so let's take a look at Heather's senior portrait stone to the bone and if there's right so stone you can't have smaller eyebrows that means what year is this this is 2005. Okay. That sounds about right. Her yeah. eyebrows. A ball she, chain necklace. You should kind of see it. Right. I had one of those on in my senior picture. I always, I had one that was a choker and it just looked simple. I looked like a bulldog. It yeah, yeah. was terrible. Just like, take that thing off. Yeah. But Heather makes it work. Uh-huh. The only thing is it just, you, if you wonder whether or not your child is on meth, if they have eyebrows like that, they do. <laughs> They're on meth. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't leave your eyebrows alone, it's because something is, is telling you to keep plucking, keep plucking. Keep. Four more hairs. Yeah, yeah. You're almost perfect. It'll be perfect. Keep going. <laughs> and I know because... in seven weeks in this picture. <laughs> so oh. much speed coursing through my veins. Oh, I love it. And Lucky that's as, I'm on medical grade fucking speed and that's as thin as I got. Most people... <laughs> I was supposed to be Allie McBealing and I was like, sorry, nothing else goes away. These, everything else is staying right where it is. My oh apologies. My, God. my apologies, Hollywood. I but it. I can get these eyebrows a little smaller. Yeah. You know what can get skinnier? My eyebrows. My eyebrows. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, I thought you might put one up of me. But. <laughs> of you just doing a huge line? <laughs> I didn't even know that existed. Ugh. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. For real. I mean, at least not math. We'll just tell you about fun things we did. Yeah. Don't do white drugs. <laughs> we'll specify. Yeah. We trust you with everything else, but fuck. You step into that white drug world, you're going to end up a Barbie bandit. Ready? <laughs> So she tells the interviewer on primetime, and this girl the is mom like, or the girl, the, do- the girl oh, that did it, Heather. Okay. She says she just wanted to do something crazy, which is just like, you mean like tons of drugs? <laughs> um, so she gets a job at a, a strip club called Shooter's Alley, which I'm sure you've all been to. 
and enjoy so much. After party at Shooter's Alley. Shooter's Alley. Where all your dreams of romance come true. <laughs> that sounds like a sexual innuendo that I don't understand and don't want to understand. Well, yeah, I, don't, I think it's right there, you know. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no, no. Shooter's Alley. No. Got it. Okay. It's called a metaphor in literature. So, <laughs> okay. She also told the host that she always loved dancing. I love dancing. Don't we all? Yeah. So now she's making that sweet, sweet stripper money. They say between three and five hundred bucks a night. That's good shit. She's she's 19 years old. Yeah. Oh yeah. And as Missy Elliott says, ain't no shame, baby. Do your thing. Just make sure you're ahead of the game. That's right. That's the key. No judgments. No job judgments. You get that fucking money however you want. Yeah. But then you don't let people tell you what to do. Right. That's what's important. You get a savings account. That's us <laughs> tell you what to do. Put that money in your savings account. Pay you taxes on it. Get an IRA for Christ's fucking sake. Yeah. I'll just put you on the phone with my dad. He'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Retirement's important because you don't want to strip forever, <laughs> Karen. It's a, there's a high rate of burnout. You're going to get tired of that pole. You're going to yeah. want to go into modern dance or square dancing. Tap dancing. There's always tap, especially when you're older. That's right. Okay, so then she finally breaks it to her parents that she's stripping, okay. which I'm sure was a calm conversation over a warm mug of herbal tea. <laughs> they kick her out of the house, oh, of no. course. So that's when she moves in with her coworker and best friend, Uh-oh. Ashley Miller. Okay, who's also a stripper at Shooter's Alley. <laughs> um, Ashley was described by her high school teachers as being quirky, fun, and, <laughs> uh, oh, fun-loving. And, um, which is the same as fun, uh, for, although it's more about her. Uh, she was a cheerleader and she volunteered at a, lo- a local nursing home. Right. Oh, here's her, this is her senior portrait. Uh-huh. Damn, she's tan. A good friend would bail you out of jail. A best friend would be sitting right next to you saying, man, we messed up. Oh, no. Yeah. This is what we call foreshadowing in the screenwriting community. She was planning on going to jail with her friend for years before it happened. Also, that's an an unaccredited Jeff Foxworthy quote. Are you serious? Which is, there's a lot of feelings she around She didn't that. credit anyone for that quote? Uh, isn't that bullshit? She made her friends think that she had a Jeff Boatsworthy thought. She must be a redneck. All right. So. Thank you so much. Under that, it says, plans to major in business administration at Gainesville College. Right? The fighting. Uh, uh, Orwellian, Orwellians. <laughs> Orwellians? Uh-huh. The fighting Orwellians. Uh-huh. Yep. They're such a menacing, creepy yeah. crowd. Or the Orwellians. Oh. They just creep you out, and so you just give up the game. You forfeit the game. Yeah. Like, These guys Look, are creeping me out. I don't want to fight against a talking pig and then yeah. the other guy. Yeah. God, this looks like the future looks bleak oh. here. I don't want to win. Not that. Not nice. <laughs> I don't know why. Does it, I don't even. Oh, this was such a hard game we started. It's a tough game. <laughs> you know why? Because you don't want to be. Uh, you don't want to be too creative. Yeah. And you don't want to be under creative. Right. It's hard. It's hard to hit it. I think Orwellians was beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, 
It turns out that Heather and Ashley oh, yeah. take over Shooter's Alley. They take over the school. Okay. They take their high school asses into Shooter's Alley, and everyone's like, oh my God, Christmas has come early. Because it turns out that Ashley, after high school, had gotten a job at... They won't say it in this... In this um, pretty bad girls show. They won't say it, but she worked at Hooters. So they go all the, they, they describe Hooters in all these different ways where it's like, she already worked at a place where she showed a lot of body for right. tips or whatever. Where it's just like, <laughs> and she had thick tights on yeah. or orange shorts. <laughs> the thickest suntan nylons she could find at the store and then white high top shoes. Yeah. Not sexy, yet everyone still had a boner. So... <laughs> Oh, God. As she's working at Hooters or some such place, maybe an unfranchised right. mom and pop style <laughs> sex waitress restaurant. She's working there and doing the fucking hard job of being a waitress while at the same time being like, take a fucking gander, now tip me. And she thinks to herself, I could be making way more money, just take my shirt off. Well, at a strip club, not there. (laughs) And she's like, who got the zucchini circles? Just weird, flat, unexciting boobs, but still the shorts. (sighs) None of this is written on this piece of paper. Plan the zucchini circles joke. It sounded so like <laughs> written. So, so she nopes out of Hooters, goes to the fucking Shooters Alley where all your dreams come true. Yeah. Meets her friend Heather. They're like, this is the best. Let's move in together. They get an apartment. They're making. They're getting all their singles, putting them in piles at the end of the night. Oh. Again, drugs, 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 hairspray, and drugs. Yeah. And of course, tweezers everywhere. <laughs> okay, I had to pull some screenshots. <laughs> I make Stephen's life hell because he, we try. We're supposed to get him all the pictures we want to use in like the afternoon, so he can put these nice mortises on everything and make sure that basically only the first three hundred people can read the little things that he writes there. And everyone else is like, we don't even know what's fucking going on. Okay. Also, he puts the that newspaper mortise, but like the picture could be twice as big. Yeah. And instead, he's like, "But look at my design." Yeah. Love it. God yeah. bless him. God bless Stephen. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I bless Stephen by criticizing him very thoroughly. <laughs> Anyhow. So, in this Pretty Bad Girls reenactment, they show the girls, this is them working at the strip club together. It's everybody's dream come true. One's tall, (laughs) one's short. They're both blonde. They're both down. It's super exciting. Uh I think they said that Ashley would wear her um, cheerleading. She did a cheerleading theme. Of course. Because that was her background. People love that. Go with it. Go with what works. Right? People love cheerleading. Yeah. They then cut from here, and it's just these two girls, these poor actresses, who are like, I got a part. And they're like, there's no lines. Um... They're kind of fake stripping in this reenactment. Oh. And then they cut to the guys in the audience. Oh. <laughs> what if you had to be the extra? Look creepier. Look creepier. <laughs> this is like fucking a scene from Sling Blade got cut into pretty bad girls or whatever. Guy, 
guys, this is what the first your first ten years in Hollywood is like. <laughs> it's all this. You have to be an extra. Sorry, you just look like a creepy dude that would be in a strip club. Yeah. What about this guy? Oh no! Oh, oh no, tits. Typecast. Oh my god! I don't know if I'm more scared of this beer or this stripper. <laughs> oh god, mom, I got a part in a TV show. Okay. All right. Scared. Okay. This is my favorite part. At one part, I'm watching this, and I keep rewinding to get this piece of information. It was like whatever the date or time was. There's some stupid shit that I, of course, didn't include in it. <laughs> and this is my favorite part of this reenactment. Is she's stripping, and her bra oh, tag no. is hanging out. How <laughs> could someone put it right in there and fix that? There's no costume department on this shoot. It was like B Y O B R A. like this and then every all the TV producer in me is just like I immediately am in the meeting with the costume department where I'm like look this is a visual medium I'm not trying to be a perfectionist we're trying to tell a story basic stuff people keep them in the story it's just I'm asking you to watch the monitor that's what I that's what I was doing at 530 today as I'm trying to fucking put this story together okay so they, in the midst of all of this, mm-hmm. they um, are hanging out one night, and Ashley starts dating a regular who's also an ex-con. Great idea. Right? Perfect. It's like, she's shitting where she eats. <laughs> in the almost most literal sense of the term. And they, the way they keep telling the story, first person and second person, is that one night they're all joking about robbing a bank, and then the boyfriend goes, yeah, we can rob a bank. And basically is like, I'm going to make your dreams come true, <laughs> bitches. Um, oh, I don't like that. So they, the gr- right? Yeah. Yeah, it's very undercutting and yeah. disrespectful. It is. Um, so... Heather and Ashley both think they're all joking. Right. Um, and that it was just something to talk about while they snorted their 100th line of cocaine. <laughs> but it turned out Ashley's boyfriend's serious and he calls the next day. The more cocaine you do, I feel like the more robbing a bank sounds like a great idea. Yes. <laughs> right. Robbing a bank, starting a record label, um, <laughs> food truck stuff comes up a lot. Right. Maybe doing a, a choreographed strip dance. <laughs> Are you trying to get me to tell my cocaine story of the choreographed strip dance? <laughs> wait, oh, wait. We didn't strip. We didn't strip, but we did at my friend's birthday party. We, we all wore plaid skirts, black shirts, black tights. My friend Dave wore bl- plaid pajama bottoms and a black turtleneck. And then in the middle of the party, like right when it was like getting exciting, we made everyone back up and we did a fully choreographed and rehearsed routine to whip it. <laughs> Can we get a photo? I wish. If, if there was, it would just be me with just tons of cocaine pouring out of my nose. The fact that I'm not dead is is proof that Jesus is real. Not kidding. Okay. 
So, okay. They think they're joking, cocaine style, about robbing a bank. Yeah. The boyfriend's absolutely serious. He calls them the next morning and gives them very specific instructions of the bank they need to go to, what they need to write on the ransom note, Great. the whole fucking thing. Great. Is it a ransom note? Take, you're robbing a bank? take charge, man. That's right. You know? It's nice when, like, he orders for you and, like, yeah. when he picks the place that you should go on the date and when he plans the bank robbery right. that he makes you do for him. <laughs> okay. So they they get into so on February 27th 2007 okay. these two girls get up and they kind of like throw themselves together and they get into the car later on there's a picture of I don't have it I saw a picture and I didn't want you to see it I just want to tell you about it <laughs> but they did show a picture in this show of the inside of the car and uh, there were like oh. no less than four empty boxes of Newports yes and I was like these girls are smoking menthol cigarettes yes. things have taken a turn yeah. this serious oh, shit I fucking yes when you're like hmm it's, I'm gonna smoke but it's also like having a mint no it's not <laughs> Okay, let's stop talking about menthol cigarettes for one second, Georgia. Can we ever stop talking about So so now they have this plan. They've been told, you're going to go rob a Bank of America. And they're like, sounds great. And they get into the car. They're driving to the Bank of America. They realize they don't have any paper to write their ransom note on. That's so typical. Do you have a paper? Do you have paper? What? I don't carry a notebook. (laughs) Why would there be paper? So, the one girl got a college scholarship. She's probably fucking twice as smart as I am. But let's just generalize. So, they don't have paper. They have to stop and buy paper. Oh. Yes. Honey. Then they get the note dictated to them what it needs to say over the phone. And then they go to the B of A. And they walk in and they're standing there and they realize it's the wrong B of A. When you're in your like teens, early twenties, you can't get shit right. No. Just like I drank so much Malibu rum last night. <laughs> I had too many amaretto sours, <laughs> and now I'm fucked up. Oh, what did I drink all that? Oh, fucking melon balls. Oh. Oh. That's like if you want to get drunk, but you also like diabetes, you have to try this. It's so delicious. Okay. They pull over, they write their ransom note on their brand new single piece of paper because they're like, we don't need any other paper. <laughs> we have blackberries. I don't. <laughs> we don't need paper. What were those ones, the flip-up ones? Oh. The sidekick. Sidekick. We have sidekicks. Thank you. Sidekick. We have our sidekick. Okay. Um, also, when you know when they go into the wrong bank, they're high as fuck, right? <laughs> they're high. Um, so they have to call the, t- the bank teller who's their inside man. So the boyfriend oh. has a friend who's a bank teller. He's the inside man. Uh-oh. He knows exactly what they all need to do. Got it. So he was the one that told them, yeah, I'm at the B of A. And then they're like, we went to B of A, you weren't there. And then he was like... <laughs> No bitches. Wrong fucking bitch. And they're like, the stop calling us a bitch. Stop it. That's wrong. Um, they were supposed to go to the B of A inside the Ackworth Kroger. <laughs> Love that Kroger. So they're pulling a bank heist inside a fucking grocery That's stupid. store. That sounds stupid. It's highly dumb. I'm not a bank robber yet. <laughs> 
But that sounds really stupid. I honestly, of all the drugs that we were on in our at this age, I feel like if you and I were doing this and then we got to a Kroger, yeah. we'd be like, you know, let's not do this anymore. Like, let's get some fresh fruit and yeah. go back and watch movies yeah. because this is dumb now. Yeah. Like, it's embarrassing just to go to a regular a bank inside a grocery store. Yeah. It's just like, mm, I'm not poor. It's just convenient. <laughs> but still, they yeah. stick with the plan. Go, keep going. Keep going, no matter what, no matter Heather what. and Ashley. <laughs> and that's what they do. So they put on what, in the primetime interview, Heather describes as her stunner shades, which are, they both put on those humongous parasilton glasses. Oh, no. Stunner shades. They were told to wear wigs, but they just didn't do it. <laughs> quick and just say I love both of these girls dearly and I'm shitting on them but also uh, how fun how how fucking fun would Ashley and Heather be to just hang out with on a Friday where it's like you know you make plans on a Friday and you're like oh fine we'll go to TGI Fridays nothing's gonna happen somebody's gonna stay they're like the waiter nothing's gonna happen we're gonna go home not when you invite these two nutcases they'll just be like you guys so we found this alley let's all go walk down it and they're like okay I don't Heather and Ashley made us walk down the alley. It was the best night I've ever had in it my was, life. We were, then we were on a train. We stole a train somehow. <laughs> what? They party. They walk up to the inside man's Kroger bank window. Okay, got it. And they pass him a note that says, give us all your loose bills, no strapped cash, don't press the button, or we won't hesitate to kill you. Whoa. And meanwhile, they're laughing. <laughs> No. Oh. Stunner shades. This is so stupid. We have to get out of here. Did they have a weapon? What's up? Did they have a weapon? A weapon. No. Just the weapon was that single piece of paper they bought at the stationery store. Well, paper cut your brain. <laughs> oh, my God. Stunner shades. They're just like, oh, my God. This is nuts. Okay. Also, that note might as well at the bottom, it might as well have said, also, this is an inside job. Like, who knows? Who else would know that it's called strapped cash versus loose? You wouldn't know that. Right. Pressing the button. People know about that, but. Yeah. Um, Okay, so this picture, of course, is what makes them famous because everyone's like, they call, that's how they get the name the Barbie Bandits. Okay. Um, and the fact that they're laughing while they rob a bank. Like, yeah. of course, the press just were, they were like, it is my birthday, thank you. Yeah, yeah. This is blondes committing a, caught blondes committing a crime while laughing yeah. is like, everybody's done for the weekend. We appreciate <laughs> We appreciate it. So... The inside man hands over $11,000 in loose cash Uh that they have to stuff into a backpack. Oh, my God. Yes. And um, then they just leave, having their picture taken one billion times, (laughs) because it's a grocery store and a bank, so there's just no end to the surveillance cameras. And, half the people at Kroger's know them, because it's in the town they live in, probably. Oh, my God. There's Heather. I I play tennis with her. What are you doing, girl? Not now. It's crime. Committing crime. What the fuck? So they walk 
walk out. They walk out into the parking lot. They get to their car, realize no one's following them. No alarms have gone off. They burst in. They start laughing again, and they get into the car and drive away. Honeys. Um, <laughs> I want to say they got lost on the way home, but that would be a lie. I thought there was, I thought their fucking keys were going to be locked in their car. <laughs> I was ready for that. Because how cool would that be? It'd be so good. Yeah. And they realize, oh, I attached my keys to the ransom note. What, why? <laughs> so when they divide up the money, uh-huh. they're only left with like $2,000 each. Because oh. they have to give the cut to the inside man, they have to give the cut to the boyfriend, and they kind of get more than these fucking idiots. What? Where it's like, that's a just work an extra week at the strip club. Yeah, what it's a you, week's worth of fucking money. You're doing it, girls. Yeah. You're already doing it. So they're like, and the boyfriend says, now just keep a low profile and everything will be fine. Oh, I bet they do. Yeah. They absolutely they. These go. Two. They, what they do is they go to the mall. Uh-huh. Well, they change their clothes. Uh-huh. Oh, good. So they change out of their um, crime blouses and they go <laughs> to the mall for a shopping spree. Oh, hell, that's what you do. Yeah. Moments after you rob a bank. Great. Yeah. So there's apparently a fancy salon here called Carter and Barnes. That's in the mall. They went to Carter and Barnes and asked to get their hair uh, bleached Barbie style. And while they're there getting their hair done, their picture go- this picture no. goes up on the news. No. And everyone in the salon is talking about the Barbie bandits. Oh my god. And they're just sitting there like. <laughs> <laughs> So the police, when the police put this picture up, they were like, if you know the, who these two yeah. people are. And their moms are like, that's my daughter. That's obviously my daughter. Um, h- hundreds of people called in and said, that's Paris Hilton and Nicole no. Richie. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. And they actually do kind of yeah. match them really well. They do. It's really good. Oh, God. Ugh. That gives me flashbacks of a... T- 2007. For, I mean, Worst. remember, no. I remember when Paris Hilton first like hit the scene and people would not stop talking about her and I thought to myself, oh, it's the end of civilization. <laughs> little did I fucking know. Oh, yeah. She is like, she is like the four horsemen of the apocalypse yeah. just by herself. She tried to tell us. Yeah. Okay. So... Almost immediately, everyone that knows them from the strip club is like, listen, those are two high school strippers that we all know and love and support their art. Um, so the cops immediately know it's them, and yeah. just, they're just looking for them. Yeah. So two days after um, the bank robbery, they get pulled over in driving the getaway car, the same car that I'm sure the parking lot camera took a picture of them in. Um... Inside the car, they still have the original ransom note just balled up and thrown down. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) And of course, the new moon ports and then a big bag of pot. So, Uh yeah. But this was before it was legal, so it was bad, bad, bad. Also, Ashley had a huge bag of ecstasy on her. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can cheer for it. But, um, but it's illegal to have in a big bag. 
and just throw it in the trunk just for that one trip if you have already robbed the bank and you're kind of like on the run in a way don't put drugs in your pockets just for a little while yeah yeah all of it she's like leaving she's trying to pick what she's going to put in her purse and she's like big bag of ecstasy no yeah I just got okay so they're both immediately arrested. It's two days later. Mm. With our new blonde highlights. Nicole in Paris, right? Yeah. Yeah. But look at those hot roots. They're like oh. fucking. Can you get this slightly more yellow? It's 2007. Look at those micro highlights. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. Go on. I have to. Also, we can just do a quick eyebrow check on Ashley. Oh, shit. Yeah. Ugh. Shit, those eyebrows. You just, wanna, you just don't want to do anything too permanent with the brows. No. They, they fight you coming back. Oh my god, those eyebrows. I can't even look at them. <laughs> They're so sad. Also, some people in their mugshot, do they use a camera that brings out all the redness in your skin? Uh-huh. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair That's to any of us. That's our new cause. Is, <laughs> Can we get a nice... Truth and fucking... Uh, what are they called? Mugshots. Get some, um, what do you call those? This, the Filters. Yes. Just a nice deer filter. They could both be cats or deer or have very large eyes for reasons no one can explain. Okay. Listen. <laughs> this dress is coming way the fuck out. I know. I okay. Um, yes, thank you. <clears throat> Lisa, who's Heather's mother, gets the call that her daughter has been arrested. Her 19-year-old daughter is facing up to 10 years in prison for robbery. And she's just like, but she was going to go to college. (laughs) So I picture her reacting. Heather, on the other hand, is having a great old time. She's in the interrogation room with two cops, and they say, it'll it'll be better for you if you just tell us where the money is. Uh So she pulls $1,000 out of her bra. Yes! you want a little of it? She's just like, all right. The cops are like, hold on. Jesus Christ. Not what we meant. Yeah. Take a, let's take a break. Everyone leaves the room. That was too hot for the interrogation room. She's like, oh, she's like, makes it rain on two cops. Heather, no. Not now, Heather. Scarface poster suddenly behind her. Yeah. Who put that up in the interrogation room? Okay. The trial. Heather Johnson is sentenced to 10 years probation with community service. Ashley Miller pleads guilty to theft and drug distribution, so she gets 10 years in jail, but she serves two years and then is released on probation in 2010. What the fuck? That's them. That's when their look really came together at the trial. (laughs) Wow, that's some hair. You had to have either of their hair for the rest of your life. Or their eyebrows. Or the eyebrows. The rest of um, your life. Which would it be? I can fill in the eyebrows. I can't I can't Do balance that hair. hair. Yeah. I am the literal opposite of any concept of a blonde in any yeah. way. I would just be like, stop looking at me, I don't party. <laughs> Oh man, okay. It's good um, for them. Well, it's yeah. nice to be so, white. Carlton and Blend or whatever. <laughs> What's it called? What? Carter and Barnes. Oh. Carter and Barnes, ladies and gentlemen, for all your strip bleach needs. 
Okay. 2007. Um, from masterminding the crime, Ashley, Ashley's boyfriend gets 10 years in jail. And the Superior Court Judge Mary Staley said to him, for the theft, you used others. You orchestrated it. You sat in, in the back and you put the pawns out there to do it. And the bank teller, yeah, the bank teller who was already on five years probation, wow. he gets five years and then another uh, five years in jail and, and then Bank of America's like but come on back when but you're you done you know what whenever you're done yeah. buddy <laughs> sets more shit up at the old Kroger B of A <laughs> so this is one of my favorite postscripts of all time oh by the way the NAACP absolutely uh, called for an investigation into that case because the two hot uh, hot blonde white blonde yeah. girls uh, were like, oh, I guess I'll get an ankle bracelet and I'll do better later. And then the two <laughs> black guys were like, you go to jail. So sounds about they right. did look into that. 2007, it's like it was 25, 250 years ago, but hopefully things like that can change. In 2011, this is just a fun postscript. Ashley is arrested again. Ashley. <laughs> Ashley was Nicole Richie. Uh-huh. Um, she's being played by Nicole Richie in this. Uh-huh. She got into a fist fight outside a bar. Oh, my in God, a, of course she did. In a parking lot in 2010. And the reporting officer who approached them, it was two girls beating a woman that was on the ground. Oh, no. Uh, our friend Ashley was one of the beaters. And <laughs> when the cop walked up, he didn't name which one, but he said one of the two women uh, was beating the woman on the ground with a knee-length leather boot. Oh. So the party has not ended for <laughs> Ashley. Or hopefully Heather, and that is the story of the Barbie Bandits. Everybody. That was amazing. That was nuts, right? Yeah, that was fun. Twists and turns. Um, Everything you could want. Well, hometown time. Yes. Now we have a, a special guest for you. Yeah. Just bring in Vince. Any word from uh, from the tour booth? Well, I used to have a T-Mobile sidekick. Oh, really? <laughs> Kick that thing open. People were always checking the internet on there because it's the only one that could do it at the time. You know? Was the sidekick the first? As far as I know. Okay. Someone else said something else. All right, I'm gonna go get the guy. Okay. Okay. My time's up. All right. Thank you. Vince. Thank you. I should have asked him a sidekick follow-up question. Um, we have a guest who's here from your hometown. We're really excited to have him. He's a friend of the podcast and has been real supportive from the beginning. Yes. He has his own podcast. Yeah. Guys, will you please help us welcome from Stuff You Should Know, Chuck Bryant. Yeah. Let's think about it for a while. He also has a second podcast called Movie Crush. Yeah, we did. Been on. We did a Silence of the Lambs episode that was quite fun. There, there he is. Yes. Yeah. Hello, friend. Hi. Come over here. Come here, you. Hi. Chuck. Chuck Bryant, everybody. Chuck Bryant. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hi. Wow. Don't be fucking murderino. And you're <laughs> crazy. And you're crazy, from right? here, right? And you uh, you 
said you saw your first concert here ever? Yeah, I saw in 1983 when I was 12. I saw Cheap Trick from up there. Yeah! And I saw, you'll appreciate this, the Amnesty International tour from over there. Oh. And <laughs> Was that I'm not going to play Sun City, that era of... Yes, exactly. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, being on stage here, thank you so much. Dream come true. Thanks. Amazing. Yes, we agree. Um, so tell us your hometown. Yeah, where are you from? Uh, from Atlanta. I grew up in DeKalb County. Went to, uh, went to Redan High School and the University of Georgia. The fighting. <laughs> the fighting. Vultures. Vultures. Yes. yes. Go vultures. Go vultures. Vultures. Uh, and then moved away a lot of years and have been back for a while. So I went with a case that I picked for a couple of reasons. One is because it is a murder case, so it's very sad. But she was a fucking badass. Okay, great. Along the way. Yeah. And there's the s- tiniest sliver of silver lining at the end. Great. We love those. <laughs> That's always very, nice. It's small, but it's there. Okay. So it's the murder of uh, Meredith Emerson wow. that uh, you all probably remember. It was like 10 years ago. And she went to... Uh, to the University of Georgia and was uh, hiking one weekend in the National Forest with her dog, Ella, mm. on New Year's Day, 2008. Oh, wow. And a fucking creep uh, named Gary Hilton, who was like 62 years old, right? <laughs> uh, came upon her in the woods and he had a dog, she had a dog, and she was like a grandpa to her because she was 24 and she was like, well, we can go hiking together for a little while. Um, I know. So, uh, because she is 24 and he's 61, she, like, kind of got out in front of him and left him. It was not a looped trail that literally would have probably saved her life. Uh, She had to double back and come back. And when she came back, he was there with a fucking hunting knife, overpowered her. And the one thing that he told the cops later on was, through this whole thing, she fought him so hard until he was like and I didn't think she was going to fight anymore and she kept fucking fighting oh, wow. she had a, a <laughs> I know right she had a blue belt in some sort of martial art wow. and at, so fucking sad at her memorial service her instructor gave her a posthumous black belt oh. I know so he ends up keeping her for 72 hours no. in the woods and in his van, driving her to random ATMs to get money. And every single time, I think at this point she starts to like cooperate a little bit, trying to save her life. And every single time she gives him a fake number so it would alert the bank and give a fucking trail of where they're going. Oh, good. So she's on it, yeah. which was amazing. Uh, a couple of people see them along the way. One is a former cop who was hiking that sees the mess on the trail of like her barrette and water bottles and a dog leash. And he meets up, up with these other people that are like, hey, I saw a creep in the woods who looked like he wanted us to leave. And none of them call the cops, oh. even though he was a former cop. Uh, he didn't even... No, no, no. no. Uh, eventually, the, the, they release like, the name of who they think this person is. That guy eventually said, oh, yeah, that's definitely the fucking guy. Uh. He parks his van at the end of the 72-hour, or not at the end, at ordeal. And uh, it turns out that he had tied her to a tree, went back to make some coffee, came back, and she, it's so heartbreaking, was like, I thought you were, had left... And we're going to just leave me out here. So she was relieved to see him. And he fucking killed her and 
cut her fucking head off. Oh my god. The worst thing you could ever imagine. Yeah. Uh, then that's when these people are like, that's the guy, that's the guy. Uh, in DeKalb County, not too far from here, he, I guess this, this all happened on a mountain called Blood Mountain, by the way. Jesus. I know. And uh, someone called the cops and said, this guy, this van that I saw on the news is at a gas station. And he's got bottles of bleach. Get here. So he was just about to start dousing his van in bleach. Not that it probably would have mattered. The cops show up and arrest him. He, he agrees to a plea deal uh, to avoid the death penalty if he, if he takes, her to the, uh, takes him to the body, which he does. And they ask her mom. Uh, he releases the dog, by the way, before he does this. And, and he was like, it was really hard to kill her because we had just spent a few great days together. Uh, I know. So they talked to the mom in court about the plea deal, and she said, I'm fine with the plea deal because I want him to rot in prison yeah. for as long as possible. And was like, the death penalty is too easy way out for this fucking yeah. asshole. Good. So uh, he does not get the death penalty. He gets 30 years. Then they end up pinning um, a murder in Florida on him, oh. an elderly couple in North Carolina on him, Shit. and possibly this one other guy. And he got life for the couple in North Carolina times two, and the death penalty from Florida. Oh shit! Because I guess it's how they roll. Florida, uh, Florida. I think he's still in prison today. Uh, the the tiny sliver of silver lining is they found the dog four days later, and her parents uh, took the dog in in Colorado. And I think this is the last year, but for ten years afterward. They had uh, Run for Ella, which was the dog's name, which was a charity run Aww. to raise money for organizations that help people uh, feel safe in national forests and on hiking trips. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Wow. So, what was her name again? Her name was Meredith Emerson, and uh, it was really big news in Atlanta. It was only 10 years ago, and she just apparently just fucking kicked the shit out of this guy. Amazing. At every opportunity. Nice. And uh, it, it, it's really the saddest thing ever, though. Uh, yeah. yeah. They, they always are. That was a yes. perfectly done hometown, yeah. Chuck. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was so awesome. It. Yes. Thank you. Great job. is one of the first big huge podcasts he's like in yeah. an early yeah. early days oh oh and also he gave us this card that someone gave him um the stay sexy social is happening um here uh in atlanta right it's benefits and the backlog it's on uh sunday this sunday um, get more information it's at www.staysexysocial.com go to this and raise money for End the Backlog thank you so much for doing that that's yeah. so awesome all your friends will be there and thanks for getting business cards made <laughs> yeah. classy shit we don't even have business cards <laughs> we have to get business cards oh my god we have to do it immediately we have to do it right now. also Payne Lindsay's in the audience oh, tonight yeah. too This fucking Atlanta child murders. Oh my That's god. Right. We got all the pod, the big time Atlanta podcasters in the house. In Atlanta. Um, uh, Atlanta, 
I love you, and not just because your name is Georgia, but you guys are so supportive of us. Thank you so much for having us. It's ruined because we post our live shows and the speeches that we give in the end are always, it sounds really hacky because we always say the same thing, but it's very difficult to express the kind of gratitude that we have for uh, the listeners of this podcast and the way you guys interact, the way you guys support each other, the way you support us, the way you show up, the way you're vocal. It's such an incredible experience to feel this connected to so many people and have this many best friends. And we really thank you so much. say this like this after every show is because truly the minute we walk out on stage it's this insane feeling of I can't believe this is my fucking life how did I get so lucky and it's all because of you guys being so supportive so thank you guys truly so much and and we just really really appreciate it so thank you appreciate it is what I meant to say thank you so much thank you Atlanta (laughs) we'll see you soon we'll be back Thank you. Thank you. Stay sexy. And bye, Atlanta. Thank you.